ethos of Otanai was no compromise on values, on ethics, on sustainability, on flavor, on yeah. taste, look and feel, everything. I mean values overall as a business. We wanted to source better. We want to obviously over time reduce plastic. These small, small things make a big impact. I was looking for a head chef. I couldn't find a second woman. All I found women who were senior chefs and then they dropped out to either take care of family or they had some other obligation. And I wanted to build a business that also gave women opportunities to grow in the hospitality and F&B space without other challenges that they face. Like I've heard so many horror stories of women being mistreated, harassed and abused and you can't go home late, they can't stay overnight in hotel night shifts. You started with zero employees. Yeah. Today you have 21 to 22. Oh my god, a success story right there. Like I hope you take a step back and you know you actually let the sun shine on you a bit. I have to do that. Sometimes yeah. I need to really realize that I am living 2020 Tenta's dream year. Yeah. Now, whatever we're doing, all the challenges we're facing, we're like, okay, I want this to stop. How do I fix this? Yeah. But these are the challenges you wished for. I wanted a bigger team. I wanted larger orders, yeah. a bigger kitchen. I wanted all of these things. And now that I've got them, my first thought is, okay, what next? The snippets you just saw were from part one of a two-part series with Nemeta, founder of Otugaya. If you want to watch part one before delving into part two, then click on the link in our description box. In part two of our series with her, we delve into two important topics. One, how to integrate sustainability seamlessly into your business's supply chain. And two, how to stay true to oneself on this daunting task of starting a new company and then continuing it to become a success story. To all my new entrepreneurs and business owners out there, Nemeta is dropping pearls of wisdom all throughout this episode and especially towards the end. So stay tuned. As always, like, comment, share and subscribe because your engagement helps us make more educational and fun sustainability content. And of course, to show my solidarity with Otugaya and Nemeta, I am also in pink. Nemeta's episode starting right now. Coming back to a little bit specifically about an Otugaya, all your packaging is pink. Packaging your pictures, the aesthetic is pink. I want to know why. I love pink. You know, when I was a kid, I would say I played with Barbies and all of that. And then, you know how people just make fun of you for being curly and yeah. all of that. Definitely. And I, in my subconscious, I was like, you know what? I, because I'm a girl, I shouldn't like pink. I should try other colors. I shouldn't be like this. And that was, no, I was not being my authentic true self. And pink is such a happy color. I agree. It's such a happy, bright, fresh color that just wakes you up. I like the sunflower. I love sunflowers. They're my favorite flowers. And then more pink. <laughs> I really enjoy um, the color because there's so many shades of pink and they make you feel... And it's the color of love, right? Yeah. Why do you want to hide from that? Um, now I'm kind of over the baby pink because every single policy is baby pink now. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't take any names. So, um, I have, uh, we're actually doing a rebrand. Oh my god, is this like an exclusive? This is an exclusive. We are doing a rebrand which we will be launching hopefully in the next one month. Okay. There is baby pink but there is a hot Barbie pink. There's a red and there's a beige. Whoa. The most basic with the beige and hot pink goes so well together. I'm so excited to see so, this. Yes, I'm really excited to um, expand the color palette yeah. and uh, go beyond the basic pink that every patisserie has in, in the world actually. Mm -hmm. And you don't see patisseries with loud colors. You see them yeah. with pastel colors and I'm loud. I want to <laughs> be loud. I want us to be loud as yeah. a bakery. So I cope with this branding and everything is well received and says what I wanted to say. But that's awesome and best of luck. So now that we're on that topic, which is a very big topic, I think uh, this is again from personal experience, a lot of brands when we're starting out, we're like so overwhelmed, okay? We're, we're, first of all, we're zero. We have a team of zero, okay? So we're like, okay, we have to get operations. We have to do this, we have to do that. So branding and things like that usually get left behind. Take me through how easy or difficult it was from 2018 to today in terms of Good question. So, um, when I first started, I think a lot of people um, who worked with me or who saw me kind of building this incredible brand mm -hmm. um, saw the potential, but they also at the same time saw a vulnerable founder who uh, has no idea what she was doing 
her vision is is grand, it's great, but she doesn't know how to get there. Yeah. You know, and I've experienced that with so many other female founders. We have a network of young female founders and of non-pastry things, yeah. also pastry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a huge network of pastry chefs that we kind of help and support each other. You know, one of them will call me and say, I need 20 kgs of measure right now, yeah. you have some. So we built that community. And all of us have the same thing to say that, oh yeah, when I started out, you know, I got so exploited by like a consultant or, a, you know, some packaging guy or yeah. some vendor fleeced me. Because we didn't know, I'm sure that happens to every kind of founder when you start. I mean, I think I got pretty fleeced. <laughs> and when I first started out, my branding was designed by my aunt. I really was happy with it. But again, it was very like amateur, it was young. It was something that I, I didn't know how to encapsulate my entire vision. Then I started, I worked with a with a, a solo founder of a company uh, to redesign the current uh, packaging that we have. Uh, while it is a nice boutique with a silly kind of packaging, it just wasn't able, to, we weren't able to translate the bigger picture mm-hmm. into that packaging, the picture of sustainability, of ethics, you know, the kind of business we're building, the overall collaterals, none of that was being translated. And... Um, I think now, finally, I've understood what I want to say, not just who I package, but my overall brand, mm-hmm. which is why we're working with a woman who understands it. I, I guess I've said this so many times, but it's so, I think guys will never understand, you know, working mm-hmm. with a woman who just understands you is so different from working with um, men. And there are so many amazing male uh, founders, artists, you know, uh, packaging designers, all of that, but in my experience, it's been something missing in that. And yeah. you know, working with women is just so fulfilling and so, and it's all of us have gone through the same challenges, the same hiccups, the same roadblocks, the same hurdles. So we understand each other on a cosmic level that no one else can. You know, you you, you just you don't have to say anything; it's just understood, right? So over the over time, you know, we've. Um, We've understood what the brand needs and what we need to communicate through our branding and packaging. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to have logos with flowers and all of that. It's very boutique. It's very, I'm a small city. I'm, yeah. I'm a small, you know, one yeah. stop shop. Small business, home-ish. Yeah. Till yeah. today, people ask me, oh, you make all this at home? Oh, yeah, me and all my 21 people, we sit at my house <laughs> and make this. You would never ask a man, oh, so you, you know, run your business from home. You would never ask a man. Oh my God. That, it is one of my questions to, to like in the challenges uh, series. But yes, I'm so happy you brought that up. Like everything, yeah. everything we want to do is like, oh, Acha, this is your hobby. So what are you really doing? Like, yeah, what are you really doing? So you yeah. make cakes? Uh, yeah, I make cakes. I sell thousands of them. Seriously, like it's so... It, it it is disheartening. I'm not gonna lie, and it's it's really it's so annoying. Five years. Yeah. After five years, you really think I'm saying a main reason, and they know, you know, and so many of my um, family, well, extended family and stuff, they tell my mom, you know, I saw, I saw her in a newspaper, I saw her in a magazine. You must be going crazy, you know, you can't use your kitchen. She's doing all of this from home, <gasps> and my mom was like, um, no, she's not. <laughs> like my mom also gets insulted because she yeah, has seen my blood, sweat, and tears in building this kitchen and all of yeah. that. You know, you never actually see uh, anyone say this to a you know a guy who's founded a business. No, I totally agree. When you start, you have no idea, right? Like, okay, is it a small thing? You yes, you start small. You have to start somewhere. Have a plan. Yeah, obviously, you have a vision. Okay, I'm not. I can't run this business from home. Like, I have fifteen hundred to two thousand products. Can I keep that at home? I mean, there was not gonna lie. There was a time when I had in my room. I made my room an inventory, like a no, like a shop. I have had customers because they were like, no, we need it now. I have had people come to my house, enter my room and actually browse like it's a shop. Wow. I'm so, it's so... Timo are that the success story. It, it really, I don't know. Not, nothing compared to you, of course. But, uh, you know, it is, It you, you have to start somewhere. To, but yeah. then people still, you know, will end up saying a lot of, yeah. like a lot of trash. So yeah. you got to listen to whatever you have to and then either react or... Yeah. Prove them wrong in your own way, which you have done successfully. A question that I think me and maybe I assume many other people also have. Um, no, no, it's a very simple one. Don't, 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 don't worry. Is about the name and Otogaya. Tell me, tell me about that. So we're definitely dropping the and and keeping it just Otogaya and organ okay. branding. But when I started this patisserie, mm-hmm. I knew it has to be a few things. It has to be 
honest mm -hmm. towards the people who are buying, towards the planet, the animals and myself. I really wanted something for the earth, right? For Gaia. Yeah. Gaia is such a beautiful name. Gaia is the goddess of the earth in Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. um, and and Owen, it's simple English. And Owen is a poem or a dedication to someone, a, a love story or a you know a romantic poem or, or a dedication to somebody uh, or something where you're saying, I'm doing this for you. And Gaia is, I am doing this for the earth, right? It's my form of activism. I don't ha I used to do this. I used to go for these, you know, anonymous for the voiceless and all of these video scaring people things. And um, when I first entered the vegan uh, community and it really scared me because you're going on the road and telling one of these truck drivers and rickshaw drivers that yeah, you can make almond milk and home up illegal environment dalo. He's not gonna do that. <laughs> and where is he gonna get almonds from? You know, so there was no nuanced understanding of who you're TG is yeah. if you want people to actually go vegan, you have to start from the top down. You can't just start from the people who are the poorest and the and struggling because their impact is the least. Mm -hmm. Right? The richer you are, the higher your impact on a ecological footprint and animal agriculture kind of way. Definitely. So why are you targeting a rickshaw driver or a taxi driver? That was yeah. messed up. I remember this happened on Carter Road and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. And I wanted to perform some kind of activism, but in a very healthy way where I wanted people to see veganism as a beautiful, um, beautiful lifestyle. It yeah. can be, you know, it can also be really toxic. It can be really messed up and it can be very dangerous mm -hmm. if not done correctly. But that's with any lifestyle. Yeah, of course. You, know, you could be eating like bags and bags of butter and bacon every day. And call it the carnivore diet. Some somewhere down the line, something's gotta give. Yes, hundred yes. percent. So every diet and every lifestyle is, you know, um, unique in its own way and can be dangerous or healthy. Mm -hmm. And I think veganism is one of those. And my form of activism was to start a patisserie that's so delicious, so beautiful, and so desirable, mm -hmm. and challenging. Things like, you know, having a woman-only team, what will not now, or at least trying yeah. to having, you know, trying to have more women on the team, um, having sourcing sustainably, you know, we use certified fair trade, cocoa butter to make our own vegan white chocolate. Mm -hmm. We source so many ingredients as sustainably as we can. Obviously, sustainability and ethics are, um, um, they're very, what's the word, subjective. We do the best we can. And I wanted my brand to be uh, to say that, to, to just emulate my beliefs mm -hmm. and it is Hope to Gaia is my Hope to Gaia. Okay. You know, it is my way to, of telling the earth that I'm doing this for you. Mm -hmm. My way of telling the animals that I'm doing this for you. Okay. My form of activism. Yeah. I think that's, that's very poetic. No, I completely understand it. I mean, uh, a lot of the brands, especially the ones that are on this podcast, are all, you know, doing, whether small, whether medium, whether large, they're all taking steps, however small, in that direction to, exactly. you know, as their own ode, you can say, yeah, to the planet. To the planet. So, exactly. yeah, no, no, I totally, completely get it. And I, I love the story behind the brand name. Uh, let's get into the, you know, you spoke, I think, sustainable sourcing's come up a couple of times. Yeah. So, and I've also read your website where you, you're so transparent, like, you know, you want to say, okay, this ingredient, I, yeah. if I'm not wrong, you've mentioned the name of the vendor also. Yes. Like, so someone else can also use it. Yeah. So what was the, I mean, I know you've already said that you'd like to be sustainable, so you've done that, but was that a challenge in um, making these beautiful products? In, you know, in the name of transparency, 100% yes, it was extremely difficult. Uh, we were using unbleached menda, we were sourcing some wheat that was from some small Adivasi village in God knows where and they've been maintaining that grain for some thousands of years mm -hmm. and um, only that village was growing that type of wheat. Okay. So we were trying to, we sourced that for some time, we did some trials, it tasted amazing. Um, the chocolate, you know, chocolate and cacao, it is one of the worst industries in the world. Yes. With maximum child labor. And, and slavery, yeah, and abuse of women, and um, you know, low pay, and all of that. And I just 
did not want to be part of that industry. You know, how can you say this is your oath to die and you're a vegan brand? Veganism means everybody. We are also animals. Yeah. You know, uh, veganism is for everybody. And that includes the people who are left out of the conversation of, you know, food safety and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to use um, your certified fair trade chocolate, which I wasn't able to source in India. Mm-hmm. But we do source directly from farmers. We were buying the nibs and actually grinding our own chocolate. But at scale, that was not possible because I didn't have a chocolate kitchen. Um, I was a pastry and bakery yeah. kitchen, so temperatures and all of that matter. So we started buying the, the chocolate directly from those farmers. Then we found a brand called All Things Chocolate that sources the cacao beans from these farmer collectives in the yeah. south in Kerala and stuff. And they use that to make uh, refined sugar-free chocolate for us and of course for their like, other customers. Yeah. And uh, then we found Biscotti. I'm naming all the brands, hoping people will yes. start using them. <laughs> love, love the transparency. So yeah. we found the Biscotti. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're the only ones in India who have a fair trade uh, association certificate. Wow. Certificate, yes. Yeah. So they we buy cocoa butter from them to make mm-hmm. our own vegan white chocolate. Lovely. Then we were buying cashew from a, a small farmer mm-hmm. um, in um, I think Goa or somewhere I can't recall um, now. But we used to buy cashews directly from her. Now we don't because we change our recipe. We don't use so much cashew. Okay. But we used to buy that cashew directly from her and then make our white chocolate with that. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it was a lot more expensive, you know, sometimes two, three, four hundred rupees per kilo more. Yeah. Or sometimes double. And it, in, in, again, in the name of transparency, we did stop buying some of the ingredients, not the chocolate for sure, but the oil and um, the, we used to buy like naturally pressed or I don't know what, um, you know, oil that was coming directly from one's farm in um, somewhere up north. Okay. And um, we couldn't afford, like our customers weren't able to afford that. Yeah. That makes sense. No, you know? of course. If it's a whole cycle. Your customers to pay, let's say, 1,000 rupees versus 600 rupees for a cake. Mm-hmm. They are paying 1,000 rupees. That 1,000 rupees, an extra 400, goes towards paying these artisans and small farmers right. and the logistics of buying in small quantities yeah. and paying better wages to your employees versus, you know, like the hotel industry. I remember one girl came to us. Uh, this again is part of the sustainability. I yeah. want holistic sustainability. This girl came to us, uh, this woman came to us uh, for a chocolate job. This was when I was in, in my garage, 2019. Okay. And she's like, I'm getting a job at a hotel, won't name it. And um, she's like, they're paying me, you know, they're not paying me what I like a living thing, you know, I, I would like a better salary. And I would love to work here. I really like her values. I would love to be part of an all-woman team. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what's your like? What are your expectations? She's like, they are paying me seven thousand rupees a month. Oh my god! Can I get like a bit more than that? And I was like, what? Seven thousand a month? And it wasn't even an internship. It was like a fresh off pay. And then oh my god! And this is a proper hotel. A proper hotel. And this was like this is what they paid to like first. Timers, you know, who've just graduated. Yeah. You know, college costs money. How can you pay someone 7,000? You might as well beg on the street and earn more. And um, she then said, uh, then, then I started interviewing, I started, uh, you know, contacting pastry schools and all of that to get more uh, chefs. And they were like, yeah, we're making 12,000 here. Mm-hmm. What's your pay? And I'm like, oh, we're starting at 20. Yeah. No, we can enjoy it. <laughs> you know, like the, we tried to do better in every way and it was not cheap. It was not possible to be so small as a business and just starting out and have all these values. Yeah. Because customers were like, why should I pay you more? I mean, you tell them all this, like, yeah, that's great, but I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's going out of my pocket. You yeah, be sustainable on the side. Yeah. That's how it works. Like, it's, we all live on the same planet. You know, I'm doing something, so you also breathe better air and yeah. eat better food and, you know. It was, uh, the irony is obviously not lost on me. Mm-hmm. Um, however, this year, I am dedicating time to completely changing my supply chain. Um, I've got a bunch of vendors that, you know, we used to work with and new ones that I have come up over the last two years. Okay. And my goal by the end of this year is to completely 
sustainable sustainable side you know what i got it you want to get it like it's already at a great level but you want to take it i want to take it up a notch or 10 notches up you know i really want to put in the effort to do this for gaya yeah the why we started you know i want to get back to the why mm-hmm. and the who and the who is gaya first before anybody yeah so i want to get back to that and like the original question sourcing and stuff it's very hard and I think um, I I will obviously document this entire process. Put it on my blog, on our website, on our social media, so people can see how yeah. it's done and hopefully be able to do this. You know, I would love to connect entrepreneurs and founders and chefs and restaurants with these people I have found and discovered. Yeah. So they can also source like that. The price will come down at the farmers. And yeah, it's like it is. It's demand supply, right? so yeah. i totally agree i mean i think it's beautiful i feel like this this podcast is like a fan girling over nemita i think i'm not i'm going to rename it that because like every second statement you're saying is resonating so deeply with me and i'm i'm sure it's going to resonate it is going to resonate with people that are listening and who are so scared to take that first step okay fine i became an entrepreneur but i want to be more sustainable what do i do what do i do so i'm really hoping that you know people actually listen and and please do share if you like you said on your blog or you know you're going to put posts i love reading even the captions that you put under your you know the posts that you personally or your brand put um yeah i think you know you you you're providing i mean all of these real coaches and all all the shit that they say <laughs> you are actually following it without being if i could say so a weirdo <laughs> like you know you you you're providing value in almost like every post that you that you people do get how hard it is i wish someone told me someone was there for me when yeah. i started someone was there to like validate my worries and concerns and kind of help me navigate yeah. so i hope somewhere that you know i could be that for someone it it means a lot to me to be able to like i said earlier have an impact yeah i want a legacy that matters and what a legacy that's just built just about like profit and crushing people to get to the top that yeah. makes no sense and that doesn't make me happy So I hope you know I'm able to document this in the most authentic and correct way and and be true to what we're doing. Yeah. On the flip side, I do want to highlight that one of the um, one of the things that one of the challenges was using plastic. Mm-hmm. And um, while I thought that you know we'd get a a consultant on board to help with our packaging and stuff, and him as his team were meant to. kind of uh, make our packaging sustainable and plastic free yeah uh, that never happened mm-hmm. but i realized over over time that if you want to be in the food game you can't avoid plastic yeah you can't you it's we're not there yet as a country and as a community and as, as a world we're not really there yet to be so sustainable yeah and um, at least india though for sure it's not so i would like somewhere to of course i want to be transparent say that we do use plastic I would also like to say that somewhere along the road we completely eliminate that. It's yeah. not completely, at least you know, fifty, sixty percent, maybe more. I completely agree with you. You know, back in the day, I think I think it was twenty seventeen, eighteen. Not sure. The like the Maharashtra government overnight is like no plastic anymore, and you're like, how is that sustainable? Like you know, how are people whose entire livelihoods, for example, depend on that, yeah, or complete industries? Yeah. yeah, like how are they going to run? So exactly. it's I completely get the sentiment that we're all trying, you know, to like yeah. not do this, not do that, but it has to be, yeah, time. and like a sustained journey to being sustainable is what what I think now. Exactly. Back in the day, maybe you know I I didn't know that much. I'm like, wow, amazing! You've actually destroyed more exactly. than you try to solve, you know. And if everyone puts their minds together to actually come up with solutions, exactly, and then transition slowly out of using plastic, that would have a better impact. Hundred percent. And of course, there's so much education required for that. You know, people don't understand like spitting on the road, eating that book, kind of throwing it, or your cigarette packets, yeah. or anything lighters. The amount of lighter waste there is. You know, you are throwing it. Yeah, it's available for like ten rupees, eight rupees. Yeah, and like everybody buys cigarettes. One, one, one cigarette, one lighter thrown, one lighter thrown. Yeah. Like so and the cigarette packet, the cigarette butts, all of that. People don't they have the knowledge of yeah. that, you know. Even if they do, I mean. And abroad, especially in the UK, you roll your own cigarettes with pure tobacco. Yeah. And it's you know your papers. 
uh, made of hemp or something, your your um, roach is made of paper, all of it decomposes and breaks down mm-hmm. and, and it's pure tobacco without any of the nasties. So if you're going to smoke, why don't we as a country encourage something like that? <laughs> I don't know if we should be encouraging smoking. I know, but if, if people are going to smoke regardless. That's so might as well give them some better... It's like meat, right? People are going to eat meat regardless. Yeah. Might as well give them the abnormal plant-based, which tastes great, behaves the same way yeah. as more protein sometimes. Yeah. So you're not killing the animal and you're also getting to eat whatever meat you want to eat. That's it's the same true. logic. You're just giving them a better solution. Yeah, I mean, don't. I don't think I can disagree on that. That's like, it makes complete sense. You mentioned like, you know, you're running your kitchen for uh, an Otugaya and my other brands. Please. I'm not going to follow up with a question. You know what the please me- means. So, so go ahead. I have a parent company. It's named after my cat because obviously we all work hard for our kids to have better types. So she is a stay-at-home daughter. Okay. So she, uh, I named the company uh, a year after I got her. And under that, I've got uh, another brand called Doko. Okay. Which is um, more massy bakery um, specializing in donuts. My vision for that was a sort of M.O.D. kind of thing. Low and sweet and savory donuts because Indians love their spicy, savory stuff. Or as one customer called it, chatpata. So, we, uh, and my goal is eventually to stabilize Otogaya much more openly out there and then start skilling Boko. Mm-hmm. So, imagine like an M.O.D. but all vegan. Yeah. Um, or like a Tiobroma but all vegan. And more masti. Right. So, with the economies of scale we will be able to get better rates for all our products and use better ingredients but have a more accessible and massier i don't want want the word mass but you know what i mean more accessible uh, bakery and of course with savory products as well Uh, again because there's a greater impact for veganism uh, i don't highlight that term as vegan there is no marketing that says vegan but obviously it completely is and vegan. So wait, are there any more brands or um, anything under wraps? Not yet actually, I think two is um, a lot. I do have a white labeling brand where I make desserts for other like cinemas and cafes and bakeries and other businesses. Okay. Um, but there's no name to it. It's just, just a white label. So today if you decide to open a cafe, but you don't want to make any of the desserts and you know you have like a green patisserie. I can make all the desserts for you okay. and um, you know you can just brand it as your own. I hope people are listening to that because that's amazing. I mean we do it for a lot of cinema yeah. and other cafes. I do know that you officially retail at Coco Cart, right? So we have our macarons yeah. at Coco Cart uh-huh. uh, only okay. and um, we are looking to partner with more bakeries and uh, ca- restaurants and cafes yeah. to give them uh, to set up like an official as an official retailer of our yeah. desserts. So that's something I am also going to be working on this year. Okay, I now remember the question. It is regarding the most beautiful price. So from day one, I'm sure because I I know that I still get that you know with our store like oh why are your products priced like this so. Tell me how was that for you and I know and and you've said it already that you have been priced you know above the the regular let's say but you've also given the reasoning as to your ingredients but how has it been in a conversation with your first customer who started off by like what the hell to today how has that been? Initially, people were ready to pay that price because okay. I was too niche and they were like, if I want something vegan, then yeah. this is the price. Correct. And we were able to reach the more affluent customers uh, because we were doing pop-ups in places like Joe, Bandra, Nautos Club, things like that. Mm-hmm. As we grew, as we scaled, we realized that, okay, we are in a very price conscious and price sensitive market. Yeah. And... Um, uh, do, the main question was, do we want to appeal to the masses? We are not a brand for the masses. Yeah. So we are a luxury patisserie mm-hmm. uh, and a niche patisserie. So we're doing so many things that require such a, it's not such a high price point. You know, honestly, some of our stuff is on par with like a Love of Steel or a Theoroma yeah. even. Some of the things. Yeah. Um, and some things have to be priced higher because they use the fair trade chocolate and all of that. Um, like a macaron, for example. Yeah. It uses... Certified fair trade and organic cocoa butter to make the white chocolate, yeah. which other other bakeries don't do that. So naturally, the raw material price is almost three times as much as a regular body white chocolate. Damn. So and that's not to say that that's bad. It's just mm-hmm. 
presenting the difference. Yeah. Um, so we have no choice but to be priced like that. Yeah. And the effort we have taken, uh, the brand that we are building, it's not possible for us to be, um, you know, creating products like this at low price points. That's why I have something like Bobo, which will which will be comfort, simple, basic, not you know, no glitter and fun. That's going to be extra. Yeah, it's going to be the opposite of me. So, or opposite of the guy. Yeah. So we have had customers where guys are really expensive. So we gauge obviously does this customer want to know why or or not? Then we are like, okay, you now happy to recommend other bakeries or happy to recommend things that are within your price point or what's your budget? Let us help you, or you know, buy something then you can afford. So um, either it's that or customers like why are you priced higher than different businesses? And that gives us the opportunity to explain to them. And we had this one customer and never forget her name was um, Dollar. Mm -hmm. And she asked me once, why are you so expensive? And we, I, I was, you know, I talked to customers on social media and I told her like all the reasons why. And she was like, oh my God, I'm never buying from anywhere else again. Wow. And, she still buys from us and I felt so happy that I was able to tell my story to somebody and it mattered to them. You know, it matters to maybe 2% of our entire customer base or hopefully more, but my, you know, I'm gauging just 2-3% mm -hmm. who actually care about the story. You're one of them. I think um, pricing is a very personal thing. You need to really understand your audience. They're always changing prices every year. I don't want to do that. Because still trying to figure out who is our consumer. Yeah. And because we get all types. So we get students of young women who are like, I've been saving up for the whole year so I can order your cake for my birthday. And she's like a first year college student. Then we have someone who like sends their drivers 10 times a day to order for like different parties and like celebrities. Yeah. They, they send their driver like, you know, they buy a box of macarons. After two hours, the driver comes and says, Oh, Madam, I have one more time. One more time happens three, four times in a day. Oh my gosh. Sometimes. Yeah. So, we've got all types of customers. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I'm still lost with pricing. You know, what is that sweet spot? Okay. So, I don't want to comment much on what you should price your products. But obviously, you should keep in mind all your overheads, your costs, your, your cogs or whatever. Your, your cost of making the product. And... Um, your profit obviously and then whatever else is there you know people don't understand or realize that all your marketing your ads all of that has to fit into your your final yes. selling price yeah. it can't just be you know cost plus you know into three yeah which is what a lot of bakeries are been encouraged to do mm -hmm. is if your cost is 100 just do sell it at 300 or 400 mm -hmm. that's not really how it works you yeah. have to do all the math of course. So it's a very personal thing. If you had to give any young founder or especially, you know, as you said, you wanted to inspire women who are trying to be uh, in this space, entrepreneurial space, what would it be? Something I lack, patience, mm -hmm. you know, uh, have patience because nothing good comes, you know, overnight. Yeah. Um, unless you get the jackpot. Mm -hmm. Nothing good comes overnight. And... Um, I think resilience, you know, failures are, I don't ever see anything as a failure. Yeah. You, I sound like, a, you know, one of those sentient gurus now. Um, <laughs> failure is just one step closer to your goal. Mm -hmm. It's not a step back. It's actually a step closer because now you know what not to do. And it helps you get closer to your goal. So failing is a huge part of, of what made me who I am and yeah. taught me the things like pricing, sourcing, all of the things we've discussed, all of that has, has taught me how to do things better mm -hmm. the next time around. So if you don't fail, then you're probably like either really lucky yeah. or doing something wrong because failing is part of it. You have to, I mean, you have to yeah. fail. And you know, Behind every cloud is a rainbow, blah, blah. You know that saying? It's so true. Like, your hard days are just that. They're hard days that lead you to, you know, brighter days. And all of this hard work will pay off. Yeah. So, one thing that you said today was to actually stop and look back and tell yourself, I've done all of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm living the dream I dreamt of two years ago, one year ago, or even last week. Yeah. You know, so... That is also something I wish someone told me, you know, celebrate the small wins, 
um, remind yourself of your entire journey. Maybe journal, write down, make a you know a map of all your milestones, or something to remind you that what you're doing now, all your failures, your wins, everything, the things that you wanted to achieve years ago, and you're living that now. Mm. So you just gotta stop and recognize that. And we have started doing that now, so it does a big help. That's really sweet. Yeah. You did touch upon, you know, celebrity clients. So how has that been? I mean, um, I did see that you did uh, Alana Pandey's wedding. So I saw that you did the the engagement and the wedding. Or oh, the no, we just did the engagement. engagement. It looked, I didn't. Fabulous. It looked amazing. It was great, but I didn't want to do the wedding because I felt like you know you've tried my stuff, you've seen how good it is, and why do you want everything free? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it was a barter. Okay. And we were very happy with the way the barter collaboration went. She took beautiful pictures, you yeah. know, stunning with our dessert table. Everything was color matched. It was yeah. beautiful. But I feel like, you know, we, sh- we in the next time around, if you want to do it again with us, then we would have liked to be compensated in some oh, form or shape. Um, and a part of me does regret not doing it for free for her wedding as well. Yeah. Because it was, it was, it'd be nice to be part of, you know. As you, that, but... It was a lot of product. I mean, even for just the engagement, it was a lot of stuff. Yeah, it was. And we got great content out of it. You know, yeah. we got the opportunity to give her, feed her some of our stuff. Yeah. Um, but we didn't do the wedding because I would have really liked to be paid now. Now all of these. I am shocked. I'm sorry. But I know I shouldn't be. It's the celebrities are the ones who want um, the maximum luxury stuff because yeah. they feel like they can demand that. Yeah. And while... Um, Alana Pandey, she's built an incredible, you know, social media page with like really good ROI on her, yeah. whatever, pictures, posts, reels. Um, so I understand the influencer industry is, it's a thriving business. So I understand where she's also coming from. Uh, and I don't, I'm not upset or anything about that. My only thing was that we would have liked to be paid. So we declined the offer. Um, but other celebrity clients have, you know, they pay on time, they, some of them pay on time. <laughs> uh, we have, you know, some vegan clients, like the Tej, Shmuk and Pujalia, they're both, um, they're vegan, they order from us quite often. Um, of course, we would love to do, you know, more celebrities. Yeah. Um, but it's very difficult to coordinate. We've done gifting for Manish Malhotra once. We work with Dior, we work with Kate Spade, Bali. A lot of these luxury brands, Hamleys. I saw your collaboration with Papa Don Preet. Papa Preet, yeah. Yes. That was so beautiful. Thank you so much. That was, you know, definitely my dream collaboration. Um, it didn't go the way I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also free, by the way. Oh my God. Uh, How much free product have you given? Imagine a lot. I wanted to be associated with a brand like Papa Room Preach and I do feel like they could have done a bit more justice to our collaboration. Yeah. But to be associated with a brand that believes in such, you know, similar values as us. They are also on vegan in case anybody, you know, doesn't know that. Their shoes, bands, everything is vegan. Nice. Uh, the leather they use is plant-based. The silk they use is Ahipsa silk or your vegan silk. They do so much for their karikars, you know, cancer screenings, eye checkups, COVID tests, you know, rations. They really go all out with taking care of their team, fair wages, all of that. So that's again why when people ask Rebecca why you're so expensive, yeah. there's an entire list of why and it's exactly why we are also priced higher. I wouldn't say we're expensive. But we are priced higher than the general patisseries like yeah. your Theobroma and Law 15 and whatnot. We are definitely priced higher than them. So I think Pavano Preach is one of the greatest brands really changing the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy to be associated with them. And uh, I just wish the collaboration went a little better. But um, it was it was fun, you know, curating something yeah. for a brand that... That was my dream collaboration. Wow. And now that's done, now I have other dream collaborations. Love that, man. She, I, I'm sure that the minute it was done, you were like, okay, what's my what's next? next? What's next? Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Manifestation yeah. really works, you know, but you have to do it the right way. You can't just be like, God, give me whatever I want. No, you have to be like, okay, I want, let's say, Dior. I really yeah. wanted Dior. And out of nowhere, you know, I don't even remember how they, they contacted us or... And now my next thing is Louis Vuitton. I want to work with these bigger yeah. fashion houses, especially the ones that use leather and stuff, yeah. to be able to give them, we get like to sneak in that veganism a little bit into their, you know, work. Correct. I think people tend to forget that veganism is not just a diet, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. 
ஜிடபிள்ஸ் to making my own like creams and lotions and makeup and face products and you know, I used to use coconuts instead of packaged soap yeah. so I went on an extreme trying to be like a you know super hippie kind of vegan because I felt like that would be the best for the planet and the animals but living in a metro city in a place like London and now Bombay it was nearly impossible for me to be like that and I would beat myself up over it when I couldn't be You know, I give an example. A few years ago, I went to a wedding in North Thailand, and it wasn't as vegan friendly as it used as it is now. So I was staying at a resort, all expenses paid. You know, it was a wedding. Menus were already set. There was nothing. I lived on watermelon and French fries for three days. I literally fainted, oh and my, my sister God. was like, "Fuck it, just eat the pizza." And I was crying and eating that pizza. I was like, "Oh my God, I'm not eating that anymore." And she was like, "Tamsa, you will not be alive anymore. Just eat the bloody pizza." Shit. And it was a basic cheese pizza, but I was like, "No, I can't, I can't." And I'm starving. You know, I was literally dying. Watermelon and fries. Like, I mean, I didn't like dragon fruit. They had dragon fruit. I didn't like that, so I was eating just watermelon. Um, and I think that's all they had. Mm-hmm. And um, they had like so much non-veg, and even the vegetarian stuff had like fish oil or dairy cheese. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. and the hotel was not ready to make things you know they were like everything has been paid for and blah blah there's no room service i don't know what kind of spending this was <laughs> so <laughs> and i was so conscious everybody was like uh, you know making fun of me you know and they go go be vegan you know stuff like that yeah so i felt like i had to stick to it just to prove them wrong and i would have died like i was starving i was like cranky all the time because i just was never full out Going to sleep hungry. I was waking up hungry. I couldn't sleep. I was just living on like literally fruits. I know how these fruitarians do it. I wanted to obviously uh, be the best I could, yeah. but that made me realize that maybe the best I can be doesn't have to be, you know, hundred percent in everything. Mm-hmm. So I, over the years, definitely relaxed my views. I started tasting. When I poop, started to go. I started tasting non-vegan pizzeria. non-vegan desserts and some food items so i could understand like flavors because i was never in the food industry correct i didn't know what a macaron was supposed to taste like because yeah. i needed one in so many years and i never liked them mm. and they were too eggy for me you know even like cheesecake flan all of that was i never enjoyed all of that and then when i became vegan i mean when i started to try i was like okay i've been vegan for so many years what the hell is a cheesecake taste like here yeah. what is a macaron taste like so i and it lasts my views i would you know go out and eat all these desserts i would order them home and i would really like try to understand the flavors and stuff and kind of replicate them mm-hmm. but somewhere out my parents or my friends or someone would be like okay so not really vegan only vegan that's canadian and that really got to me you know and then over time i uh, would go, would get all these like you know gifts and stuff from different brands all my friends are shares they would send me things and then backing tastes that tell me can i release this product they're like no i can't eat that mm. and i used to feel really bad because i'm not going and killing my animal you know so i did start relaxing my uh, views a little bit i would start tasting things um when you know they, my friends would send me things or they would invite me to their restaurants or whatever i would start trying things And I feel like that made me 
improve my relationship with food and for someone like me who had you know i don't want to say this but in a way like an eating disorder yeah where i was obsessed with being healthy like that that is actually a yeah, yeah, eating disorder it's what the need for it um yeah it definitely it is it is one yeah i would be it then i you know completely fucked up my health in my quest to be healthy taking all these supplements you know continuously eating so many grains it really ruined my gut health yeah and uh, because i just wasn't able to digest these things in my body i wasn't listening to my body i was listening to the world around me saying you have to do this you have to eat salads you have to eat greens every day you have to eat this and that and you drink almond milk i had the worst stomach when i would drink almond milk yeah when my head i'm like okay so i have to be would be going to have to drink almond milk but i couldn't drink some other milk coconut or whatever you know yeah. but it just made me feeling i'm not good enough so i think being if you i think doing what works best for you uh made a huge difference to my life and made me have a better relationship with food and be a better um eater if that is a word and um i started you know allowing my chefs to bring non-veg into the kitchen or bring like dairy into the kitchen and they there's a separate pantry where they like my kitchen was 100% vegan and my team was like then you have to provide us food because yeah. our parents can't make separate meals for us mm. or whoever was there home cooking so then i realized that you know it's not right for me to inconvenience them so either i provide meals and take my cost up or i uh, you know have build a separate pantry for them which is completely detached from the kitchen yeah and they do their meals and they deal everything there and if you take away tea from an indian they must kill you doesn't it, you can't exist you can't exist until you and we started making tea vegan tea and they just didn't they weren't able to like it and i guess yeah. as vegans i put like 1 kilo of cardamom in my tea mm-hmm. so it tastes amazing but i couldn't do that in the bakery yeah so they make tea i'm using dairy based milk uh, again in their you know detached pantry you have a separate washing area so nothing touches our bakery stuff you know like yeah. separate cups separate spoons separate gas separate everything so i did some things like that that were yeah. beneficial to the business and to me and my values and it was win win for them as well and um, overall from um, you know my learning of this was you know you can't force somebody to follow your views yeah but you can inspire them so my way of doing that was you know cooking the tofu or things like that really well i used to make seitan a lot i used to make all these different kinds of breads during covid and my parents would love eating my weird experiments <laughs> but they enjoyed it yeah and i didn't tell them that my pound cake is made with blended up tofu instead of eggs yeah and you know vegan coconut yogurt and they love the cake they love the product so subconsciously they in their mind they are thinking okay i'm eating something vegan and it tastes good but consciously they're just enjoying the meal without me saying you have to be vegan so they you know that's a, that's a more direct example and i think veganism in um you know holistic way has always been very scary you know it's been very like attacky mm-hmm. and um you know kind of cross fit mm-hmm. and people are um i remember you know people would when someone would ask me like oh would you like to try this so they would offer me something uh, you know at events like someone would be like oh we want to try my dip you know like someone's like yeah. a sauce brand and I'm like oh, no thank you I I do I, I don't want to try that. Or they say oh why? You know so or try this or try that. So I'm like no I don't uh, eat dairy. Oh you're vegan? Okay I could never be I didn't ask you <laughs> if you can be or not. Yeah. I didn't ask you. But immediately they would be like defensive. Or some would say oh what did I ask? Does that mean you're vegan? And I would say yeah I don't consume I'm plant based so I don't consume dairy or they'll offer me something and say oh but you must be vegan right? You don't eat chicken. Uh, I could never do that. Okay. the thought <laughs> like i never asked you to do it yeah. but subconsciously people know somewhere that and somebody is dying for your meal but they can't make that step because it's very overwhelming you feel like i have to give up everything that i know bad makeup shoes i have to give up my whole diet my whole lifestyle my whey protein my chai my this my that and the cheese so eat cheese but maybe replace your milk with some plant based milk mm. but you can keep eating cheese yeah. you want to eat cheese okay fine can you can be completely dairy free and eat eggs you could be pescatarian and dairy free like there are i think a bad vegan or or an imperfect vegan is better than not attempting yeah. that 
you know what i mean the same thing we were discussing right like even if you try one meal one week in a week one yeah, meal exactly. you try to change something in that like you don't realize but that's a huge impact statistically so, one yeah. animal per day per person dies so there are over 70 to uh, 80 billion land animals now marine yeah. animals are over 100 billion correct you know because the fish are like so small and, and the ocean obviously much larger so many marine animals die from your like whales sharks turtles uh, you know walruses dolphins they all get caught in the fishing net and they're all the bycatch yeah. so they get caught they die because they've been taken out of the water and then the fishermen throw them back in the water but they're already dead you know so and then the fishing net also goes back in the water yeah so the if your goal is reducing plastic and your goal is reducing impact you as a singular person can't you know you're saying you as a singular person you you can't stop the animal agriculture industry of course not but you on a personal level can be one person who makes it better and one if one person does it inspires 10 people and then and the compounded effect of maybe 100000 people who you have touched in yeah. some form or shape reduce it it's better than complete elimination because complete elimination will never happen that's it will never happen so rather than telling everyone you have to be fully vegan to have a greater impact rather i would say to why don't you do two days in a week completely vegan mm-hmm. or you have all your lunches vegan and you eat not vegan dinner but all your lunches can be vegan and all your you know tea and smoothies can be made you know plant based it's a better step than yeah. scaring them into a uh, you know crazy lifestyle that they may not be able to maintain exactly like going cold turkey i mean i i did that and i with the i tried to go cold turkey till date like anyone who asks me even say it's very similar to you like you know it's been i just completed 7 years and i do not recommend that to anybody i tell everyone please take your time you start by eliminating one product you know yeah. over months take I your time exactly but don't go cold turkey it is it's not good for yourself it's not I, and it shocks your body yeah, and your body is like what where's my nutrition yeah and you have to do the research to know okay i'm cutting this out what should i you know replenish my body with like it's so important and it just gets lost like you know no one does that because like and you the same like the the passion that comes in yeah. overlooks everything else and i think it's it's a very important thing to talk about like you know to even acknowledge that this is in my opinion it is a problem it is a problem, you know, problem. that's why there are so many ex vegans yeah. because they probably didn't do it sustainably like there were so many people who were raw vegan yeah. and now they're not vegan at all but if they did it sustainably yeah maybe you could have been flexitarian or kind of plant based um for plant forward or whatever yeah. was the you know new word you know what i did was i eliminated red meat first mm-hmm. and i was eating eggs chicken i had eliminated dairy already for like a year before that and then i made all my breakfast vegan you know with like a almond or soy based granola a soy based yogurt with a you know vegan granola yeah and maple syrup instead of honey and all of that now i was living in the uk so it's very easy to do that then i started taking vegan and eating vegan lunches then i started you know i said okay i'll stop fish i just be pescatarian i just be uh, eating eggs yeah then i stopped eggs but i was still craving fish because i wasn't feeling satiated so i continued eating mm-hmm. fish and then one day i the smell of the fish i was like okay i this thing used to be alive yeah and i wasn't able to eat fish yeah, and the yummy egg it just randomly came out of nowhere yeah for salmon and salmon was my favorite and then i was like yeah there's no way i can eat that mm. and then i just realized i slowly over the course of 3 months i just became vegan because i was the egg for everything god it but you took your time you took 3 yeah. months is also yeah. like people can take but longer but still in talking work for me so much you know because i was so used to eating so much meat yeah that when i started eating high fiber plant proteins like your lentils beans and uh, chickpeas all of that and do tofu <coughs> and tofu it just ruined my my gut health it was so difficult to digest these things yeah and i was like my stomach was really bad i was extremely bloated i did something wrong mm-hmm. in the transition and obviously over time i uh, fixed that yeah uh, but i mean still not 100% but it took me time and professional help to figure out what works for my body right you know so yeah it's it's not easy you know some it's people it just easy. works yeah. some people thrive on this diet and lifestyle 
and for someone like me who loves this lifestyle and diet and who I love the concept of veganism I just don't think it's possible on a large scale for everybody to be able to do that without institution and government support reduce the cost of vegetables reduce yeah. the cost of beans make these kinds of products accessible to everyone and encourage this lifestyle rather than dropping the subsidizing meat eggs and dairy exactly encourage this lifestyle and then you will see more people adopting it you know in a day to day way like no one goes to mcdonald's to have a something or to have a salad or a sandwich yeah you know but why can't we do that we can do anything exactly the sky is the limit yeah you know i mean come on look at us we're making macarons which are 25% eggs we're making them without eggs yeah anything is possible that you know i agree so i just think veganism can be possible with institutional government help i agree i think we've like delved into a lot of things that i really wanted to but is there anything else that you want to sort of end today's You know, no, I think we've covered so many podcast. things. I think we only did two podcasts like this. Uh-huh. Not one. Uh, I really enjoy my time talking to you about my views and opinions, and I hope you know this inspires people and makes them understand that um, you know anything is possible in the veganism. You can truly have it all. Yeah. You know, you can do burgers, pizzas. You can do everything. There's not a single thing that hasn't been made. You know, and I hope that inspires people too. try to incorporate more plant-based foods into their lifestyle incorporate sustainability within their businesses in some form or shape yeah it doesn't have to be that absolute 100% no one can it's be not. it's by exactly. you you exist on this planet so you cannot be absolute you by breathing exactly. or existing you are exactly. already causing so, enough damage so, so not the best with yeah. your means and limits exactly so okay on that note we have to end with something lighter because <laughs> we've gone all over the place yeah. so this brings me to my uh, favorite part which is uh, we start with the rapid fire uh, okay. like a vegan version or sustainable version let's say that's more apt and then we have a what we've named a one word game we'll get into that later okay so rules of the rapid fire i'll ask you a question i need an answer back within 5 seconds 5 seconds and try to keep it as short as possible okay. it's not easy but try Okay, okay. Your first question: Which vegan dessert that you've made is your personal favorite? This should be easy. Passion fruit uh, and coconut entree, and the raspberry macro. Wow. Okay, that was easy. One fruit you can eat for the rest of your life. Coconut. <laughs> coconut is a fruit. I guess it is. Yeah. Okay. If not coconut, then mango. Mango. Okay. One tip for anyone looking to start a vegan bakery. Um. All the ingredients are available. All you need to do is a bit of research. Love that. Okay, one book slash movie slash show that impacted you the most could be in anything. This is Us. It's a TV show on Prime, I think. Yeah. Oh, well, my God, that show is amazing. What did it impact you with? That's a follow-up question, not. Just the learnings, you know, style of communication, the way the siblings and the parents communicated, the level of introspection that went into understanding. each other's feelings and growth that came from that it really made me feel like you know i wish we as a society could inculcate and inculcate that yeah because we as a society really lack communication skills when true really okay your last question so what's like one sustainable hack that you follow every day like it's a daily no brainer for you try to find a 3 in 1 skincare <laughs> you're doing that you you already do that or you're constantly looking every day i have started so i used to use logan so yeah. i used to use uh, a hydrating spray toner serum moisturizer and then uh, sunscreen and now i found a toner moisturizer and serum all in one okay that is i reduced my plastic and i limited to 3 from 3 products to 1 yeah and it's an all vegan brand right i can't talk about it yet Are you kidding? Because the founder has sent this to us to to CEOs to introduce and test out a new product made for this fast-paced, you know, working women. Okay. But the brand is called Skin Vest. Okay. Vest in your skin. Wow. And I'm obsessed with all their products. They really work. It I would say in a sustainable way. Okay. So this has given me another question. What's your favorite sustainable fashion brand? Uh, I love Terra Luna. I'm wearing them right now. um the material the fit everything is amazing and this other brand called uh, and ever never a e a e okay. on instagram 
I recently discovered them uh, by two, two friends of mine, one customer and one friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've not discovered them, I've just, they've just learned, so I've just, you know, started okay. shopping, uh, shopping from them. I just bought one thing, but they make uh, silk out of orange peel. Wow. It is freaking amazing. They use hemp, they use orange peel, they yeah. use, you know, broken wood chips and stuff. And they really, everything is traceable. Mm -hmm. Everything. That's that's awesome. We have we better we have to check out these brands. So the last segment is the one word game. Rules of the game. I give you one word. You have to give me the first word that pops into your mind in three seconds. Ready? Tense music is playing. Okay. First word: baking. Okay. Okay. Farmer. Cafe. Okay. Cafe. Don't exist in most places. Too many words, but okay, fine. Vegan. Earth Cafe. Oh my god, this is a walking, talking advertisement right here. Sorry. Whenever <laughs> I think of I want to eat something vegan, I think of Earth Cafe first. Okay, pink. Nanmatal. <laughs> okay, that brings us to the end. I hope you had a great time, Nanmatal, because I have had such an amazing time today. So have I. I've had really, really good time. Yeah. So much fun talking to you about all of this. I yeah, I can't wait to get you back maybe for edition two when you so much fun. When you launch all of you open the outlet, yeah. you should come to our outlet and say like less. to do like say a less. I will be there. I will be there. If I am here, I will definitely be there. So I'm going to New York. Okay anyway. Thank you so much, Namita.